You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad at Collision in Toronto. And Alex Chernenko is uh, the CEO of Translit, which is a Limerick-based company. And as the name would imply, Translit, it's got to do with translation services. And uh, Alex is the CEO and the founder. It uh, has a lot of work going on in a multilingual environment. So we're going to hear a bit about that. And uh, why you're here at Collision. Alex, tough all to Oh, so thank you for having me. Well, we are uh, an Irish company looking to expand outside of Europe and go into collision events to meet some of the Canadian and American businesses network and take it as an opportunity to essentially go to the North America eventually. That's the end goal. So the company, as I recall, you were founded, was it 2009? Yeah, we've been in business for the last 13 years. Right, so you're here under the beta banner. I would have thought beta was a little bit earlier in the, the phase um, how, how is it that you're under that umbrella? Yeah, well, betas typically are companies that are either have raised a capital in excess of a million or, or they generate revenue in excess of a million okay. so we are, we are kind of in that space Okay, and the translation services that you established the company to cater to uh, what languages predominantly or what languages do you cater to? Initially, when I started the company, it was just myself and my wife. It was a, you know, a two-person uh, brand. Now we have grown to a team of 18 employees and over 3,000 translators and interpreters. We have provided service in more than 174 languages, I recall. But there hasn't been a single language which we couldn't source. So now we're essentially a very multi-language uh, a, a capable company. And there hasn't been a single instance where we couldn't handle So even, uh, like I give you an example we had a, uh, a tribe that came into Ireland from one of the islands and there was only 300 people that actually speak the language and there was a group of about 20 30 individuals who came to Ireland and we were able to recruit one person from that tribe and do it and there's only 300 people in the world speaking that language right so kind of that general so is it a challenge finding translators it is. Uh, I would say translation companies, they're, they're also recruitment companies because we constantly have to recruit people and especially some rare languages because if we cannot give uh, translators full-time job so we're keeping them in our database and we use them when there is a demand for their specific language but they are going on a full-time job so every couple of months we have to kind of recruit somebody new because the previous translators or interpreters have moved on to another other industries sometimes. So it's constantly recruitment and that's, that's one of the biggest challenges in, in our industry. Would the majority of your work be textual as distinct from verbal? We are uh, at Translate actually focusing on the spoken language. We are interpreting first, translation second. We also do voiceovers, translating websites. We work with Irish governments translating their annual reports into Irish. Uh, it's a huge demand. So we do text but the core focus of the, of the company is actually voice services. Right, because given that you're in Canada, which is a bilingual country, all 
communications um, are simultaneously being translated so is that service uh, as such in a requirement or is there a need for that in Ireland? Yeah it is uh, Ireland hosts quite a number of international conferences as well there would be med- medical, there would be some uh, governmental visits with officials from other countries who don't always speak English so we would be provided interpreters to official governmental meetings uh, or conferences that involve either international speakers or international attendees. There is a demand, uh, I would say there is more, more demand in Germany and other bigger European cities, but Ireland still hosts a number of international conferences. So Alec, is there much competition in the marketplace for this? Uh, well, uh, we, we are the only Irish technology company that has our own tech. Uh, in Europe, we have a couple of competitors. Yes, it is, it is not that competitive. There is only like, five companies that are actually doing it quite well and we, we like to think that we're one of them. Right. And um, we're hearing an awful lot of talk, particularly at Collision uh, this year, about artificial intelligence. Do you see artificial intelligence as something that will uh, be a part of your type of service in the future? Yeah, I like the way you ask questions. We, we, we usually get asked the question, will AI replace your interpreters? But you said, will it be a part? Absolutely. We already working with a number of third-party providers and we integrate them into our platform when the clients request uh, machine translation or live captions. So we would use a third-party solution. We are now in the process of fundraising and actually developing that technology ourselves. Uh, and essentially, AI empowers our interpreters to do a better job and it also gives additional options to the client where a budget and a quality is not the top priority but absolutely we are in the process of integrating AI at the moment right now as we speak and um, I guess you would still need humans to check the grammar and the colloquialisms and a variety of other aspects of anything that may be produced by AI AI, AI has gone so sophisticated. Actually, uh, in March this year, there was a resource that AI can now read emotion. So it's not just text and sense and meaning, but also AI is capable of learning emotion. I think it's going to get more sophisticated. Right. So it's not at the point that it could get all the nuances of the speech, tonality, humor. It's only a human can do. But over there, it's, it's going to happen. And... Um, you're located in Limerick. It's, it's the first city I came when I arrived in Ireland 20 years ago. Okay. I lived in Dublin and Cork for a couple of years and decided to move back to Limerick. Right. What appeals to you about Limerick? Uh, I have a family there. My, right. my parents relocated years and years ago. And I did my university degree in the University of Limerick. Right. Still have my, and I did living certificate there, so I have my kind of uni, school days, and a, and a family. So essentially, uh, Ireland became my, my home Limerick, 20 years ago. Limerick, settled yeah. in, yeah. married, three kids, bought a house. Yeah. Um, and you live in the city? Just a little bit outside of the city. Okay. Um, because again, a beautiful county and there's some beautiful scenery there. We have a river. Yes, uh, I know. By, by uh, the water, it's really. Yes, the Shannon is certainly, and the, the architecture, um, with the castle and the, 
the Hunt Museum and a variety of other things are fabulous there. Limerick has received uh, a number of funding and government support, so it's actually it's going through a huge redevelopment stage. There's new schools that are being built, so the city is actually growing right. and getting and competing with the Cork and Dublin. <laughs> So, what do you hope to go away from collision achieving? I would like to understand the mentality of the local entrepreneurs. So it's actually networking, creating connections, obviously generating leads and opportunities to do business with local uh, essentially entrepreneurs, uh, and also potentially having conversations with investors as we're in the process of fundraising. And, and it's been going quite well so far. Been, okay, because you get an intensive one day. Uh, you have, what, three feet or a meter of display space and one day to do your pitch. So it's quite intensive. We're exhibiting only for one day, and today we're at the stand, so businesses come to us, but we've been intensively walking around the stands and talking to other uh, startups over there. So it's, it's actually not just one day, it's actually three full days on talking to people non-stop, and also going to after events. Actually, a lot of, a lot of con- a meaningful conversation happens after the official part is over and the after party begins. Right. Alex, I want to thank you for taking the time, because time is precious, and coming to have a chat. I wish you every success. Um, I know you're in an expansion mode. Um, where do you see the company going five years from now? Where are you hoping it will be? Five years from now, we could be one of the leading interpreting technology providers in Europe with already doing some business in uh, We could be acquired by one of the big companies and actually now we are in conversation of one of the big language firms who is considering buying us. But it's very early conversation, so right. I'm not going to say any names. So essentially it could be either uh, being merged with a big, a big company or, or becoming the leader ourselves where we just grow the team to a couple of hundred people and our mission is to help people understand each other remove the language barrier and make the world a better place Alex Chernenko Translates thank you very much indeed for taking the time also thank you for having us